Welcome to A Slice of Orange. I'm Jody Balma, your host, political science professor at Fullerton College. Um, and, and we're continuing our series on candidates for the June election. Uh, today, you're going to meet Shereen Smith, a candidate for Orange County Board of Education, which has been in the news a lot the last two years for all the wrong reasons. Um, you'll learn why it's one of the most important elections on the June ballot, um, why we should all be building relationships that we have more in common than what divides us, and why the current Board of Education should really stay in their own lane instead of spending millions of dollars on failed lawsuits that are taking money away from our education system. Um, perhaps most important, you'll learn why we should all want a boring Board of Education that doesn't make the news. Uh, so meet one of the candidates for District 5, uh, Orange County Board of Education on the June 2022 ballot. So welcome to A Slice of Orange today. We're talking with Shereen Smith. She's a candidate for the Orange County Board of Education. Welcome. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. So this is one of the offices that I have been talking about for 20 years that people have to pay attention to. Um, you are a candidate. We're going to talk a little bit about your biography, but tell me a little bit about why you wanted to run. Okay, well, I'm a lifelong educator. I started as a teacher and, you know, worked my way through the administrative ranks. And the bottom line is I'm a passionate advocate for public education. It served me well as a kid from a blue collar background. And I firmly believe it's a, a foundation of our democracy. We need educated, thoughtful, um, informed citizens who will help us make good decisions and keep our democracy strong and vibrant. 90% um, of the kids in the United States go to public schools. So I feel like it's our duty to make sure we have outstanding public schools. And I feel like it's our duty to make sure we have good governing systems in place and people who are committed to good governance and mm -hmm. ethical decision-making in order to support our public schools. I don't see that happening right now at the board of education level. Uh, and that's why I'm running. Absolutely. Good, good. So so let's talk a little bit about your experience. I know you've been a teacher. I know you've been a superintendent. Tell me wh where you've been uh, an educator and what kind of jobs you've had in our education system. Okay. I, um, I grew up in Northern California in this tiny little mountain town, 1,500 people. And um, because it was very blue collar, hardly anybody kids went to college. Mm -hmm. Really the only people we knew who had college degrees were the teachers and the principal. Sure. Pretty much it. So when I went to college, um, my dad was a heavy equipment operator in the lumber mill. And I actually worked in the lumber mill myself my senior year to earn some money for college. My first um, year of college and my second year <laughs> was at a community college. I started at Shasta College, which is in Ready. Yeah. So I have yeah, I eventually went to Chico State, which is where I got my um, degree in history, and I have a minor in English, and I also student taught when I was there. So this brings me to your actual question. I taught for a short time on a long-term contract, um, subcontract uh, at Chico Senior High. So at that time, this was the early 80s, there were not many teaching jobs in Northern California, at least. And it was kind of a, recession, a recessionary time. So I did the thing that nobody from Northern California wants to do and moved to Southern California. I took a job in Capistrano Unified because Capistrano had started growing. Yeah. Um, it was just at the beginning of this major expansion of the school district. So I was hired as a teacher and I began at Marco Forster Middle School, which is in San Juan Capistrano. 
And I worked. There. And were you teaching uh, history or English or I both? I was teaching English there. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I taught there a few years. Then I uh, became an administrator uh, by accident. My roommate, who was also a teacher at the time, she convinced me to go get a master's degree um, and get it in administration. And I said, I am not going to go get a master's degree. I am a teacher and I still have student loans to pay off. <laughs> but she sure. convinced me, you know, you get additional units, you'll be able to write the salary schedule and you can be an activities director. So in Capistrano, the high school activities directors um, are administrators and they have to have an administrative credential. And I, okay. yep, that sounds great. So long story short, I did get my master's and then I became an activities director at Dana Hills High School, then became an assistant principal at Dana Hills High School for a few years, um, became a middle school principal at Aliso Viejo Middle School, and then I was high school principal at Capistrano Valley High School, and I love, love, love those schools. They are amazing, wonderful schools with wonderful kids, family, staff, teachers. Um, went into the district office. I was, um, I had a few different titles, assistant soup, associate soup. When I left, I was the deputy soup of education, which meant I had oversight of all of the schools. There were 57 and um, preschool, adult ed, um, technology department, um, special education, safety, a whole plethora of responsibilities. And it was really a wonderful experience. And I worked with many wonderful people, outstanding personnel in that school district. I um, it became very fractious at one point in the mid 2000s, 07, 08, 09. There were some, um, a lot of really ugly, negative things that happened. Um, there was a school board takeover. There were some recalls. Um, unfortunately, some very destructive people went after individual staff members. So yeah. long story short. The same I, thing we're seeing these days. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And strangely enough, the people behind all of that are the same players that were behind what happened in Capstone mm -hmm. Unified. You don't have, I mean, it's just below the surface, but it's very right. easy to discover. And it's unfortunate because as someone who's really passionate about public education, that was very damaging to the school district, the schools, right. and of course the kids, because that's who we serve. Um, yeah. I went to Fullerton Joint Union for one year. That's, and I thought I would be there longer than one year mm -hmm. um, as the assistant soup. While I was there, I had two jobs. Um, the principal of Winter Park High School um, took a job somewhere else. So I temporary feel, temporarily filled in, <laughs> which yes. has been for the rest of the school year. But it was yes. great. It was very wonderful to be a part of that staff in a really um, a great school up in Fullerton Joint Union. And then I also still did my assistant suit job, too. So it was a little stressful, but wonderful. And then I was fortunate enough to be hired in Laguna Beach as the superintendent and was superintendent there and ultimately retired from Laguna Beach Unified as superintendent. Okay. So what I'm hearing is you have gone kind of the gamut of every kind of perspective of education that we're really looking at. You've worked with you know, the boards of education as a superintendent. You, you've been in the classroom. One of the things I love is, is that experience working with adult education and preschool as we move more to transitional kindergarten, uh, you know, and bringing younger and younger kids on our campuses that are not just, you know, younger, but they have fundamentally different developmental stages and needs mm -hmm. of education. Mm -hmm. um, that sounds like exactly the kind of resume we're looking for in somebody who's making policy countywide. I believe so because the Orange County Board of Education serves um, public schools, what we call our K-12 schools, but you're right, preschool, adult ed, et cetera. Um, so 
of the people who are on the board or the people who are running, um, I believe I am the most qualified as far as my range of experiences and my perspectives. And by the way, I did teach um, at the university level as an adjunct. So I've also taught adult learners myself. And that's just been in the past. Sure. Yeah. So I, yeah, I think I bring a very valuable perspective um, to the role if I'm elected. Great. So uh, we've sort of brushed upon this, you know, what's going on currently um, with, with the Orange County Board of Education, and, and it's gotten a lot more attention than usual during the pandemic, during, you know, the last two years, as we've seen more and more of these battles and fights, really destructive um, and contentious and cantankerous school board meetings. Um, so, so with all of that, you, you seem to be running into the fire, <laughs> <laughs> willing to do that. And, and your experience says that you know what that is like to, to work where there is that tension, to work where the, there are those, uh, you know, with maybe less than ethical or pure motives. Um, but what makes you want to serve on a board that is having so many problems? I think we can fix the problem. Um, I think we can get a new majority in place and really focus on, you know, what they are supposed to be doing, which is serving the kids in our county. We have a very diverse, large, dynamic county. And this board majority, there is one person who's a really good, solid board member, but the four-person board majority really is only interested in listening to a narrow slice of Orange County and um, catering to those concerns and preferences. Um, I believe we should listen to all constituents. Mm -hmm. I think that's part of how do we make it better? We listen to everybody. We get processes in place that are constructive. Processes can be slow. They don't come, you know, bring immediate solutions, but it's a way to work through issues very carefully and thoughtfully and come up with sound um, solutions. And that doesn't mean 100% of the people will be happy with the solution, but um, when people are part of the process, they understand why decisions are made or were made and they um, tend to have more invested and so are less apt to be angry. That's not to say it won't happen, but if you sure. think part of the solution, then usually you feel pretty good about it. So I would like right. to see a more constructive, positive kind of approach and process at the Orange County Board of Education level. Yeah. So uh, these are often low information races and, and voters barely know they, they exist before they get to the end of the ballot. So how do you get the word out that you're running? Does the does the bad attention to these races actually help? Well, yes, it does. <laughs> because whoever knew about the Orange County Board of Education until the past two, maybe three years? Um, you know, I knew because I was in the education world and in sure. my role, I had to interact with mostly the Department of Education on occasion with the Board of Education, but not very much. Um, because they have been irresponsible in their behavior, um, suing. Well, let me just kind of run through the lawsuits. Um, yeah. They've sued the governor three times. Um, so, and by the way, in excess of $5 million in the past two and a half years. So they've, they sued the governor in the summer of 2020, and that was rejected by the California Supreme Court. They sued him again in the summer of 21. That was rejected by the California Supreme Court again. Uh, they tried a new tact. Ick, and they sued right before Thanksgiving of this past year, 21, 
um, and filed it in Superior Court. And what was alarming about that one, just not the fact that they're filing yet a third lawsuit, you know, spending money like it's water. Um, they were joined in that lawsuit by Robert Kennedy Jr.'s organization, the Anti-Childhood Vaccine Organization, right. which I believe is horribly irresponsible. So they've been joined by um, what I would call an extremist organization that is has you know beliefs that are very counter to having safety um, protocols in our public schools. So that those were three lawsuits. The last one is still pending millions of dollars. Uh, they've sued the Orange County Superintendent of Schools. His name is Dr. Maharas, twice. Um, once because although a committee from the Board of Education had chosen an attorney. I mean, this sounds so trite. They had chosen an attorney. Um, some new members came on the board. They didn't want that attorney. So um, there was a lawsuit that ensued. And the bottom line is they got their own attorney. Not only did they get their own attorney, they got two additional attorneys. And by the way, this is um, prior to this majority. The Board of Education for, I think it was two years in a row, spent zero dollars on lawsuits. Right. The past few years, I mean, literally zero. That was through a public records request. That information came out. So now they spent in excess of five million dollars. There's no reason for the Board of Education to be suing anybody. There's just no reason for it. Correct. They are out of their lane. All they're doing is generating headlines in order to um, appeal, I guess, to whatever they think is um, going to get them some notoriety for their future aspirations. The person I'm running against, she actually ran for Congress. She was in office not even two years, and she ran for Congress. So I think it's clear that she's not really in it for the education for the kids, she's in it because she wants to get some political credibility and uh, try to get to her next office. So right. let me just comment on one more set of lawsuits. <laughs> right. Up to five. Right. Um, the Board of Education went through the redistricting process that happens, you know, every, as a result of the census. So they drew up a map that was very gerrymandered. Um, there's another step for the Board of Education. That map has to go to a group called the Orange County Committee on School District Boundaries. And that's the group that gives final approval. Well, that, that group, which is composed of various people um, from across the county, some of whom are sitting board members, um, they've been appointed by supervisors and um, other people, they took a look at the map and said, wow, what happened? You put, you split up Capistrano Unified and you split up Saddleback Valley in order to create this very gerrymandered, and this is in District 5, this very gerrymandered map. Well, South Orange County, which is where I live, San Clemente, um, those are the two largest school, well, those are the two school districts in Orange, South Orange County, in addition to Laguna Beach. Um, so a, a community member proposed a new map. There was some tweaking of the map. That committee approved that map and gave it to the registrar of voters. Well, that upset the Board of Education, so they sued again twice. And um, intend, Mary Barkey, who's the president, stated they would be filing an additional lawsuit. So we'll see how that um, turns out. In the meantime, we are, it's like ka-ching, 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 millions, millions, right. millions of dollars. But we right. Been way better on many other things. Correct. When I was a high school principal, I remember thinking, oh, if I only had $20,000 for this particular thing that I wanted right. to do. Right. 20000 Imagine if I had millions, I could buy musical instruments, I could buy lab equipment, I could hire, right. I could have smaller class sizes, I could offer um, a, right. a, a computer program. I mean, there were all things 
all kinds of things I could do with 20,000, much less millions of dollars. Absolutely. Absolutely. And they haven't been successful. No. <laughs> because one the of court, them was settled. Yeah. But by the way, we're paying. So the settlement with the Orange County superintendent, we are paying both sides of that lawsuit. Right. The taxpayers, right. you, I, everyone else in Orange County who pays taxes, all yeah. of that is being paid, again, both sides by us. Right. And on a later episode, we're, we're going we're gonna to talk about that supervisor's race, because unlike the local boards, you know, the local school um, boards that are elected and have a hired administrator serving as superintendent, Orange County elects their superintendent. Right. And so this majority on the board is running their own candidate against the current incumbent uh, Orange County Superintendent of Schools um, because they want to get their way. Right. And and he seems to have one agenda, which is to privatize education in Orange County. The opponent, yes. Well, that's all of them truly, I, the four, the majority. They don't make any secret about it. They want to privatize schools. They want to undermine public schools. They support vouchers. And that has been, you know, for, I don't know, more than 30 years has been kind of the yeah. calling card of trying to privatize public schools. So that will be on the ballot this coming fall. And um, they are in full support of that, as is this person. I, I'm sorry, I don't know his name. Who plans to Stephen run? Stephen Bean. Yeah, who, who plans to run against Dr. Maharis. And, and yeah. kind of ironically, Dr. Maharis is a wonderful educator, very dedicated. He was um, a teacher and a superintendent. He worked for the college board as a vice president, and he's been superintendent of schools for several years. He actually is um, a Republican, or at least he was in the recent you know, past. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure what his registration is now. And so um, it's kind of ironic that they would not support him. And again, uh, he is, does a wonderful job. I support him 100%. Sure. He's There's awesome. a reason these offices are supposed to be nonpartisan. Exactly. You're, everybody should be supporting public education for a public education board. Exactly. It should be apolitical. Right. Yes, absolutely. So so let's talk about some of these challenges that we're facing in our local school districts. um, You know, we have so many challenges beyond just the pandemic and the hot topic issues that are seem to be dominating our school board meetings. Um, You know, there's low enrollment, mental health issues. Um, you know, we have the tragedy of, of uh, a, an administrator just recently who took his own life at school, the lack of affordable housing, which is making it more and more difficult for teachers to even live in their districts, mm-hmm. um, let alone afford to live. So that's all coming to our local school districts, and each district has an elected board that's going to be making decisions. So what's the role of the Orange County Board of Education in serving or supporting our community, our county, which is, as you said, so large and diverse. Um, what what can you do? What can the board do to, to help with some of these other issues? Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm going to first give the negative and then I'll give what we can do that's a positive. And the negative is um, stop stoking needless controversy. Start, stop manufacturing crises over which you have no authority. The Orange County Board of Education has stoked controversies over issues over which they have no authority. Um, It's kind of like they've had people come, they've invited people to come, they've arranged and organized for people to come, 
to, um, you know, to incite them over these specific issues. Well, I'm not sure that the people who come realize that they're being used, but it's kind of like um, if your house is, if your neighbor's house is on fire, you're not going to call the police department. You're going to call the fire department. So people are going to the board of education when they should be going to their local school districts or maybe to their state legislators. Um, So let's just say stop creating crises and making things more difficult for school districts when we're already in an extremely challenging time. It has been a really hard couple of years. My husband teaches high school. Um, He, I remember when we went to online learning, you know, he was here at home, had, (laughs) we had to set up two computer screens. Yes. Two sets up. Well, at first it was all online. And of course there was this huge learning curve to get these, um, the systems, the software in place yes. and everybody online and all these things. And, and every teacher's house I knew suddenly <laughs> looked like air traffic control. Yes. And the cable <laughs> systems in our case, Cox cable, I think kept failing because there were, everybody was on. Right. Right. So anyway, it was really hard. It was really hard on kids. It was hard on families. It was hard on teachers. It was on hard on staff, school leaders. Um, it was hard on everyone. So now what's important is that we pull together. Let's pull together to serve our students. Mm -hmm. Let's, um, it's our role on on the board of education to be steady, ethical, constructive part of the education system in Orange County. Let's um, be even keeled. Let's set a high standard of behavior. Let's um, be open to hearing people's opinions. Let's find a constructive process to work through issues. And when it's not in our purview, then redirect people to the place where they can get satisfaction rather than making them mm-hmm. you know, angry and upset when right. they really can't solve the problem for them. Redirect right. them to a place where they can find solutions to their difficult problems. And let's put the focus on supporting our public schools, which again, serve the majority of students in Orange County, um, definitely the nation. We have many wonderful schools, many wonderful programs. We should be celebrating and showcasing the success of our schools. That's not to say there aren't issues, as you mentioned, mental health issues. We need more counselors in our schools. And I know school districts have made uh, an effort to really get more counselors in place. Of course, there's a shortage because everybody's trying to get counselors. Sure, sure. Also, teacher shortage, um, because so many teachers you know, it was a tough couple of years and teachers were close to retirement or they just didn't have the fortitude to navigate some of the really contentious um, feelings that emerged. So we have really important issues to address and we need to address those in the most productive, constructive, positive way that we can. Yeah, I I think that's exactly what we need going forward. Um, Thank you. Yeah, I really appreciate that. I think that that's exactly what we need. And I think you know, I've been so disappointed as I get my young students involved in politics at some of the examples that our elected officials in Orange County have been displaying, um, certainly nationally. Uh, you know, that's been a problem as well, but, but especially the people locally as I'm trying to get them um, really interested and involved. And I think like you, what they're, what they're coming away with is my generation has got to take these positions because the leaders are not leading and, and they seem to be self-interested and self-serving. Um, and it's been really hard for them to see that. Um, and, and so I hope that we can do that. 
It's definitely time for a change. I agree. And my hope is with our young people because they are impressive, motivated, smart. um, They are amazing. Amazing. Yeah. I think I went off on a tangent. I forgot to answer your question about how am I going to build support (laughs) for my campaign. Oh, sure, sure. Um, I just wanted to say that I started last spring um, working on this campaign. And so I've been to many events. I've been to lots of meet and greets and fundraisers. I've been to other, you know, candidates have various events. So I've been to those. I've been fortunate to be endorsed by many wonderful people and organizations, including our local um, Capistrano Unified teachers, Saddleback Valley teachers. Um, and, and people, I have so many people who have volunteered to help. My, um, as opposed to my opponent, and I don't know what her fundraising looks like, this year, but the last time she ran, she had, um, she didn't have a lot of donors. She had some very major, huge donors, like one gave about 180,000, for example, which makes me think now, what kind of relationship does she have with an organization and what kind of decisions will she make for someone who gave her 180,000? Well, I have hundreds of donors because I have a grassroots campaign and all of those people have been very supportive and encouraging and um, many, many willing to do the volunteer work that we need to do to do postcards and flyers and make calls and send texts and all those kinds of things. Yeah. And, and that is a challenge because, you know, I, my, my listeners are, are sick of hearing me make the comparison, but we have 3.2 million people in Orange County, which is the size of an entire state. We're the size of Iowa. We're the size of Utah. And the idea of running for an Orange County Board of Education that so few voters know about and trying to get the word out and trying to get people to understand who you are. Now you have a district. So geographically, we've divided the county into five. So you don't have to get everyone in the county um, to, to know about you and your campaign. But it's still a, a really kind of just big Talking. task. <laughs> Over 400,000 voters in each of our districts, which, by the way, is more than most of our assembly districts. Right. Um, <laughs> people do that. And yes, it is one of those offices that people don't really know what the Board of Education does and or why it exists. But as you kind of mentioned at the outset, they kind of have, you know, they've created such a negative. Um, yes, it might be image. easier to get people to understand this time, which is, you know, again, not necessarily the best especially situation to be in. No, but. and especially when you're um, wasting taxpayers dollars so sure. egregiously. Yeah, absolutely. So what do you want voters to know about you? I, we, we've kind of talked about your background. We've talked about what you want to do. Is there something else you want them to know? Why it's important to come out and vote for this, to not leave after the, the top uh, votes on the ballot? We have drop off often. Yes, well, I know. Um, and I'm way down toward the end of the ballot, the um, Board of Education is. So I think we're down there past the judges or we're right around the judges. Yeah. Um, I think if we want good governance, you know, it's incumbent upon us each as a voter to, you know, make the effort to find, find me at the end of the ballot. Mm -hmm. Um, We should have a boring board of education. Yes. We should not have to worry or care about what the board of education is doing because they're just doing the right thing and they're doing it in a calm, professional, steady way. We shouldn't have to read about them week after week in the Orange County Register or the Voice of Orange County or the LA Times or even like yeah. you say today. We should just be able to count on people who care about our schools to fo- stay in their lane, 
Right. Focus on what needs to be done and let um, other organizations, like let the local school districts do their job, the Orange County Board of Education do their job, let the superintendent of schools do his job and right. work collaboratively for the good of our students. Right. For the, for right. the good of our county, you know, ultimately. Yeah. So if somebody hears this and wants to get involved, how do they do that? How can they find your website? Yeah, it's votesherine.com, which is vote, S-H-E-R-I-N-E.com. Um, right. And we'll put a link to it in the in the show wonderful. notes. Yeah. And so, um, okay, here's the pitch just because, you know, I sure. have learned I was never intended to run for an elected office. I'm just an educator. Um, but I have learned you have to do the pitch. Um, my election. Well, well first, I'm going to help say okay. we never say just. Okay. Okay. You're right. You're right. So that's, we never of, say just, I know <laughs> we never say we're just community college students and we never say we're just homemakers. We're always proudly. You are right. That so is proudly very an educator. Absolutely. And now make your pitch for how they can get involved. Okay. I just want to point out as a person who earned an AA degree, I am a proud former community college student. And I swear I had the best professors in my community college classes because they're there to teach. Um, I wound up getting my doctorate at USC. I had great professors there too. Different. It was just different. Yeah. Um, Okay. So um, my election is over on June 7th, one and done. Yeah. There's not a primary, then an election. It's just this election. And so um, part of the support I need is funding because we have to buy postcards and flyers and we need to buy databases and all of those things. So if people on my website, there's a place where they can make a donation and it would be greatly appreciated. As I mentioned, um, I've had hundreds of donors. Um, It's a grassroots campaign. I have to raise 150,000. We're at about 110 right now. So good. You know, we've made good progress, Um, but the bills are coming due. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I think that also, uh, you know, Trustee Area 5 is South County, so it's, you know, at least Viejo down to San Juan Capistrano, maybe even further south. But uh, so if you're in North Orange County, which is most of my listeners, if you know people, if you've got friends and relatives, um, I, I think that one way is is to talk uh, to them about candidates and, and encourage them to listen uh, to this podcast. Absolutely. And there are yeah. two other candidates running um, in District 2 is Martha Floor. And she's, um, so my area is Newport Beach South, like Laguna Beach, Dana Point, San Clemente, and then across Laguna Beach, Laguna Woods, at least Laguna Niguel Lake Forest, all the way over to Rancho Santa Margarita, et cetera. So that would be Martha Floor is basically Newport Beach North. And then um, Paulette Chafee is over in, I want to say it's District 4, kind of La Habra, Fullerton area. That's our area. Okay. Yep. So um, (laughs) if... The three of us yeah. could get elected. We could just make that board so boring and so just like so, so that's the pitch. Elect the three of you, <laughs> and then we can go back to not paying any attention. You, what, you can worry about other things. <laughs> yes. And there's plenty that's, to that's worry a about. Great, that's a great campaign slogan. Elect us, and you can ignore us for the next four yeah, years. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
So great. Uh, I really appreciate you spending the time and, and helping us better understand the, the importance of this campaign and, and what we really are looking for. Um, I think looking for boring would be a, a really big improvement over lawsuits and, and the, the just incredible contentiousness that we've seen. So absolutely doesn't sound yeah. like a catchy campaign slogan, but I, probably I not. I'm sure political <laughs> consultants would tell us that's the terrible idea, but yeah. that's what we're looking for. Yeah. So. So at the end of every show, I ask uh, the same questions. Uh, tell us what the best advice you've ever got. Well, I, I guess the best advice I got as someone who went into, you know, my profession was build strong, trusting relationships with people. Mm. I think that's true in every field or, you know, category of life, but in education, especially because we're a people intensive profession, you yeah. really need to have strong, trusting relationships with people. And that allows you to really do a lot of wonderful things, but it also allows you to work through um, difficult issues again. Absolutely. In a way. Absolutely. Yeah. Build relationships is really important. What's a book you like to recommend to people? Um, one of the books I like to re uh, recommend is Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl. Oh, yeah. Um, it's really, it's about a man who, um, was in a concentration camp in Auschwitz mm -hmm. and he's also, um, I, well, he's deceased now, um, was a psychotherapist, I believe, but just an amazing book and talks about how you really, you know, in life, you need to find something that's really going to drive your passion and give meaning to your life. And that's mm -hmm. no matter how big or how small, it's really important. It's and amazing. There's some other pieces to it well, as well, yeah. but just an amazing it's it's Amazing. a really good book. That's a great one to recommend. I love it. I, so, some of the recommendations I, I'm reminded, oh, I want to reread that now <laughs> at different stages of your life, different yeah. messages hit you differently. And so, yeah, I wonder after the pandemic, how those messages will hit mm. in a very different way. Absolutely. So. Is there a hopeful message you can share with our listeners? Um, you know what? I think, yes, yes, there is. And I, I believe despite the contentious times that we have more in common than, than not. So we have more that unites us than divides us. And when I talk with people, um, I actually, this is kind of funny. <laughs> I, I have a trainer and he's gotten me into powerlifting, which is kind of funny because I, I weigh less than 130 pounds, but, um, but it's been great. And he is a um, former Marine. And so we have these nice conversations. Um, and we certainly don't agree all the time, but we have more in common than not. We have more that unites us than divides us. Mm -hmm. And I think that's true across our county and across our nation. And I, and I really think people are ready for that. I think we are exhausted with the arguing and the fighting and we can find common ground. We just need to make an effort to do it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And it's interesting. Sometimes we get that from pop culture when things really resonate. And, you know, I see the popularity of a show like Ted Lasso and, yes. and say people are thirsty yes. for that kindness I um, and, and just have to figure out how to take it off our screens and put it into practice and, and get some practice, you know, communicating right. and, and yeah. finding that kindness. So yeah. Go out of our way every day to be kind. It's very yeah. easy and it makes, not only makes that person happy, it makes you happy. Absolutely. So who should we talk to next? Um, I think you should talk to Dr. Miharis. Um, he would be a phenomenal person. He's so wise and experienced mm -hmm. and, you know, dedicated to doing what's best for kids. Um, you probably want to talk to Martha Floor and, and Paulette Chafee as well. Um, 
I, I don't know, maybe you want to talk to some teachers who have been in the trenches these past couple of yeah. years or yeah. students. They've got some very, um, some compelling stories. They really do. They really do. And, um, you know, I, I, I told my own children, uh, I, I think I know the topic of a lot of college essays um, <laughs> of resilience and, and yep. they are, and, and, and that wasn't facetious that, that, that the, 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 the experiences that they're hard and, you know, they, they, my own students tire of me saying, you know, you will know you can do hard things because you have done hard things exactly. and that it is a muscle. And so, um, yeah, I think our students and our teachers could teach a masterclass on resilience and flexibility and, and all of those incredible life lessons that they have honed um, against their will, but. (laughs) Yeah. You know, and not to say to judge or anything, but, you know, we learn our best lessons from failure. I believe they're the toughest lessons, but we do have to be resilient. We do have to have grit. And if we can help build that in our students as well as ourselves, then we'll yeah. be doing, you know, it, it, it really yeah. is, it turns out to be a gift, might not be the yeah. gift you wanted, but it's the gift you get. Right. Yeah. And, and I think our understanding of that, you know, when, when grit first came out, I think there were people who were like, oh, our rigor in our classrooms will teach the grit. And mm-hmm. it's like, our students come with grit. We, we need to help support them through the resilience and, and to help them with that. And I think we've all gotten a lesson in, oh, this is what that means. Yeah. How do we help support each other through it? So, well, I've so enjoyed talking to you. I really appreciate it. So good luck on the campaign trail. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure to be here. Thank you for listening to A Slice of Orange. I'm Jody Balma. I want to thank our executive producer, Ann Watfett, and our editors and producers, Alexandria Kim and Cindy Gimple. This podcast would not be possible without them. So thanks to them.